Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Howdy there. Welcome to After 9, brand new week and two weeks away from Labor Day. That's it, eh? This is it. Like, this is the, this is, this is the end of summer, guys. I hate to say it, but it's true, right? Well, yes and no. I mean, summer kind of ended a couple of weeks ago. We had that really hot, muggy, <laughs> sticky July. Don't say that. And then August has been a pig's breakfast. It's been up and down and all over the place. For some reason, the bugs are now the size of, of like, your keys and and I don't understand what's going on. They're Everything's on fire. <laughs> There's hurricanes and uh-huh. earthquakes now happening simultaneously. It's all fucked up. Hurricanes? That was a new one for me that you told me about today. Hurricanes. It was bizarre. Yeah. Southern California and northern Mexico getting hit by a tropical storm. And as the roads are flooding and, and all kinds of hurricane-related stuff is going on, then an earthquake, a 5.1 earthquake. Because why not? Why not, right? Why not? It's uh, it's weird. And I mean, as hot as it was yesterday, it's going to be hot again today. Tomorrow, low 20s. Day after that, mm. even colder. It's going down to like 13 at night. It's, I think summer's already over. Well, you never know. September could be amazing, you never, though. Well, you know, and sometimes it is, though. Don't you find that? Summer has oddly crept into September, which technically most of September still is summer. I know. Don't have to get technical on it. But you know what I mean? Like those summer temperatures have been creeping more and more into September, even beginning of October. And then winter just comes in like a bitch. It's like there's no fall anymore. I hope that's not the case this year because fall's my favorite. Fall's actually my favorite weather. I like it better than summer weather. Well, we, uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly why it's been such a bizarre summer, but it has been. And I, uh, I'm thinking about the teachers. Two more weeks. Two more weeks. I know. And then back to the grind. Yeah. Back to the grind. There's a school board. uh, Before we talk about the amount of people that are moving or want to move out of Canada, uh, there's a school board in Louisiana right now that's trialing a four-day work week for their staff. They say it's the only way they can get competent, qualified teachers because that industry, I'm led to believe, is very similar to a lot of other industries in that It's not just about the pay, it's about the perks too. And if you have one employer that's willing to let you do hybrid or do a four-day work week and another one that wants you in the office nine to five, Monday to Friday, you're going to take the one with the perks. And teachers are like Mm -hmm. that too. So they're firing the first shot trying to get more teachers into their board by doing a four-day school week. And there's parents who are freaking out for a couple different reasons. Some of them say, well, the education can't be that good in four days. It has to be five. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I don't, don't know why it would be any different. It's still the same curriculum and the same expectations. It's just over four days instead of five. And, and I don't think that you can say that as a fact if you've never even seen it being done before, right? I don't think we can rush to say, well, their quality of education is going to be shitty. I don't think we can rush to say that. We have to be a little fair here. And if a trial is what's needed to at least find that information out, I'm interested to follow this. And I think we should all think of it as a trial, even for here. And I know that the systems are different. 
uh, I'm sure, between Louisiana and here. But really, overall, the four-day school week, I guess we'll call it, work slash school, of course, depending on where you are in the in the in the in the school area. It's good to see at least and come up with reasons why it worked and reasons why it does not work, right? Well, I, I know that there's people listening to this right now thinking, no way, absolutely not. I cannot get daycare. Once a week, I'm going to have to take a day off to be with the kids or or I'm going to have to pay for daycare. No, this is the thing. That's the wrong way to look at it. Look at this as a good thing. If our schools in Ontario, and if they want to do it, I will support them 100%. If they say, you know what, we're going to try the four-day work week for our staff and it'll be a four-day school week for students as well, do you know how many other companies are going to fall all over themselves to adapt that four-day work week or to adapt to a four-day work week for their parents that are on staff? Mm -hmm. Because they know it's an issue and and they want to retain staff. If you've got good people, you don't want to let them go. So if they hear the schools are going four days, you watch how quickly workplaces will switch to four days because everything we do seems to revolve around kids and schools. Well, and you you have to support your employees, right? And if an employee feels like they're not being supported, if you're not willing to offer that, or at least do some form of hybrid Pending the age of the kid, right? Because I think that makes a difference. If you're talking about high school, it's it's different, I think, right? Than if you're talking about elementary school, because that really is when you do need care. You can't have a second grader just being like, just be like, peace out, Johnny. I'm going to work, and it's Friday. You don't have school, so yeah. Realistically, you have to side with the parents. You have no choice but to as uh, you you can't just leave them hanging in there and expect them to just figure it out, right? I think. Well. I think we should not be afraid of the four-day work week. I really wish that our leadership would stand up and show a little bit of leadership on this. All it takes is somebody to say, hey, listen, there's been enough trials. There's enough companies that have done this. There's enough cities that have done this. It works. It's better for everybody's mental health. It's better as a green initiative because you're not driving five days a week. You're only driving four. There's a lot of reasons that this makes sense. So as this conversation escalates, and it will, Don't be afraid of it. Hear it out. And if you can find some holes with it, great. We can solve those. But somebody needs to stand up and say, this is the direction Canada's going to swim in. Mm. We're going to transition to a four-day work week. Some people will work four days. Some people will work three. And that'll just be the way shifts work. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like eventually we're going to get there uh, to the point where it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And like you said, it's kind of like someone has to start it in order for it to have that ripple effect. I would call it a domino effect. I guess it would be more of like a ripple effect and it would take time. It's. I think it's one of those things that for some people, they just can't fathom how we would be able to figure it out. But like so many things before it that have changed, you just figure it out. People are afraid of change. Yeah. And I don't understand why. We celebrate ourselves as this big progressive nation that never wants anything to change. Anytime somebody proposes something, People yeah. flip out at the idea of it. But people do need the support. Parents do need the support, though. That is true. Like, they absolutely need the support. There's some people who will work those days or have to feel like they have to work those days. And if they tr- have daycare for that day, they'll actually be short money, pending how much daycare is. So you can't expect everyone to be able to afford it. So that's why it needs to be a community effort. Just thinking out loud, what if in the transition to a four-day work week for schools, they said, okay, education days are now. Monday to Thursday, and you're going to go from, I don't know, 8.30 until 4.45. You're going to do that four days a week, and you still get the exact same amount of instruction time, and our teachers only have to work four days a week. That would be good, but in the interim, for, say, the next year, 
Fridays is going to be an optional drop-off day just for daycare. That's what I'm thinking, too. Is like, well, so they have currently the before and after care programs, right? Most schools, most schools, not every school, but most schools have them. But you have those designated drop places, and it actually is a good opportunity for them to bring in and employ uh, part-time ECE, for example, yep. who, who are maybe, or semi-retired, you know, child care workers or whoever, students. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you could do it. Think about the camp programs that are run during the summer, right? My kids go to camp in the summertime and there's a lot of high school students. If they were able to or, or just graduated high school, right? Maybe you bring in those who are just looking for some extra hours or something. There's a lot of different ways you can do it, but have those be drop days like you mentioned. So they're not necessarily going to get the curriculum, but maybe there's there's going to be an education to it no matter which way you slice it. Sure. And socialization is important. I mean, there's so many things that are important there. You could probably find a way to do that. I don't see why not. Well, since nobody in the municipal, provincial, or federal government seems to want to take this on. Here's who I think we need to be our hero. The unions. You guys have so much power negotiating contracts right now. I'd love to see the teachers in their next round of bargaining say, and we're only doing four days a week. Figure it out. And we'll figure it out. Absolutely we'll figure it out. There's so many different ways it could be done. We just need to all get on the same page. And I do think that once schools do it, then regular businesses will start to do it too. Right. And that's good for everybody. Yeah, it'll start to branch out. And by all means, if you guys have a thought on this, I love hearing from people who are in the field, right? If you're in the school or you're a parent and you have a thought on how it could work or you hate the thought or whatever, you can DM us anytime because I love hearing about your own perspectives based on what you do. Uh, voice of Cat, Cat with a K on Instagram, Scott Fox on air. You could DM us that way if you want. Because I'm Or one eight three three nine one five show Just text our, our show line. Because uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Are we like the only ones that think this way? I don't know. Well, it's funny because I feel like most people, when they talk about the four-day work week, can talk about how, oh, yeah, that'd be great. It'd be nice to have a long weekend every weekend. You could get all that extra time to recharge and work on your mental and physical health and all those things that come along with it. It'd be better for the environment. They can think of all kinds of reasons that it would work in other industries, but people have such a hard time figuring out how it would work in their own industry. And I'm the same. Radio is very difficult. Whether people work Monday to Thursday or they work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, or sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. There's all kinds of different mm -hmm. ways to do the four. We have no idea what days people are working what. Would we have to work a five? Would we work a four? It's hard to say in radio, but it is kind of a unique industry. I think yeah. most of them, this is a fairly solvable problem. Well, and a lot of the industries will kind of go with the flow of what other industries are doing, right? In a lot of cases, you work in an industry that depends on another one. Yes. Right? And so you'd have to base it on that. And some industries are 24-7, and they'll always be 24-7. So that's kind of out of the picture here. We're not saying factories who are open all the time have to shut down. That's not necessarily the case. These are more the typical Monday to Friday office or eh, not even office jobs. A lot of jobs are Monday to Friday. They aren't necessarily office jobs. So, yeah, that, that's what we're really talking about here. Think of it this way. If you're a business owner... Nothing needs to change as far as your hours of operation or anything like that. All that's going to change is the number of days of the week that a person actually comes through the front door. If you want them doing the same amount of hours, they do it over four days instead of five. It's real easy, and you can actually get a lot more creative. Maybe you'll realize, huh, well, if this person works their four days Monday to Thursday, and this person does their four days from, say, Friday to Tuesday or Monday— we realize we can get away with opening with just one staff instead of two on at the same time. Yeah. So there's a lot of positives to it. I highly recommend we, we move forward in this direction. But 
that's not the the main thing I wanted to talk about today. We've got the replay of today's missed connections coming up at the end of this pod. My son went back to the States yesterday. Yeah. Oh, was that kind of bittersweet, right? He spent the summer here, goes to school in the States. What what year is he in now for school? Senior Already. year of university. Oh, this is, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Fourth year. Wow. I don't think he's coming back. You think he's going to stay there? Yeah. Yeah. I, um... I, I have him text me along the way when he's driving because it's about an eight-hour drive back to Indiana. And and he always texts me at the border before he crosses. Okay, great, you're there. You got about three and a half hours to go. This time he texted me about half an hour after he crossed the border. And I thought, that's weird. I shouldn't be hearing from him now. What's going on? I was a little worried when I saw the notification. He was texting me to tell me how happy he is to be back in America because of the cost. He filled up his gas tank for $35. That was a $50 fill here in a Honda Civic. 35 bucks to fill his tank. He went to McDonald's to get something to eat for the drive. Our dollars also shit. And our dollars our just dollars. trash. Our dollars not, yeah. And getting yeah. worse. He uh, managed to get a 20-pack of McNuggets, large fry, and a medium Diet Coke. It was half the price there for a 20-pack of nuggets and a large fry and a drink than it would cost for just one Big Mac combo here. The cost of living in America is so much cheaper. Their houses are more affordable. Their, depending their gas on where prices you're talking, Depending on where you're talking about. Well, I mean, if you want to move to South Beach, you can yeah. pay Ontario prices. Yeah. But if you want to move to just a little bit inland, if you want to move to some of the less glamorous states, stay away from the Floridas and the New Yorks and the Californias of the world, you can still get a... Four bedroom house for under two grand. Sorry, yeah. under 200 grand. The cost is just so much more affordable. And what's crazy is Americans are screaming about the rising cost of living there too because their interest rates have also gone bananas. Yes. It's really what you're used to. But for us, it makes sense to go. And, and I was talking to our colleague uh, just down the hall there, one of our other stations. I was telling him that my son went back yesterday. He said, oh, really? My daughter's leaving in three weeks. She's going to the U.K., Permanently. Yeah. So many young people are trying to get the hell out of Canada. So case in point, just yesterday, I finally saw the Barbie movie. I know it's so embarrassing. It's literally been out one month today and it took me this long to see it, but I got really busy. Okay. I got busy. But anyway, so I went yesterday and I actually took out our, um, our babysitter (laughs) and also like a childcare worker that, um, that was with my kids for many years. So I took her out and I was talking to her and it's so bad here that her and her mom are thinking about moving to Spain. Spain? The, the, yeah, and her mom had already been there and looked up a, a place much larger than the spot that they have here in Ontario. Much larger. And the rent was just 600 bucks. And it's a nice place, nice neighborhood. And, and she just couldn't understand, what am I doing here? Spending two and a half times the amount on rent on a smaller place. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And I think a lot, and she's younger too. She's probably about your son's age, maybe a little bit older. And I thought, yeah, I mean, it makes, it makes sense, but it's also kind of a scary thing. Is that what we want? Like come get educated here and, and stuff like your parents are just barely making it through and then bye, you're going to go leave in another country. I th- Don't we kind of try to educate and make people want to stay in your own backyard? You but, know what I mean? But I mean, there's immigrants coming here that are like, oh shit, this isn't what I thought. Yeah. And leaving. Like yeah. they got here, stayed for a couple of weeks. And you can't blame them. And left. The cost of living here is crazy. Honest to God, Kat, I do pretty well in life. 
So does my girlfriend. And we're thinking to ourselves, maybe it's time for us to go too. And um, it's not that I don't love this country. It's just I can't afford to well, live here anymore. You, it does make you start to think about it, right? Like what makes sense? Does being here make sense anymore when you're looking at your, when you have no money to live? And by live, I mean, yeah, maybe you're just paying your bills, right? You're paying your bills, you're paying your mortgage, you're, you're getting by. But is that a way to live? No. Do you have enough money to actually live? And if the answer is no, I could see a lot of families having those conversations. Kat, I used to go to the grocery store and <clears throat> that was primarily my responsibility because I have a lot of free time during the day. And, and watching the prices just go completely out of control. I see myself now cutting corners, taking shortcuts, like, eh, maybe we don't need two veg with dinner tonight. We'll just have one. You know, I don't need to spend an extra six bucks on another head of cauliflower and shit like that. We shouldn't be compromising on healthy food just because we can't afford healthy so food. So many families are. So many families are, too. It's a, such a shame. It's, it's sad that we're in this position that we're in. It's sad. We're a G7 country, and we've got more people going to food banks than at any point in history. It's a wonder anybody's still here. If you have the ability, if you're young in particular, and you've got the ability and the confidence, because like Kat said a minute ago, it's scary to move to another country. If you've got the that thing in you, that allows you to take that risk. Why are you here? You'll never be able to afford a home in Toronto. What is it? They say you would have to save 25 years just to get the down payment on the average house in Toronto. That's fucked up, cat. Mm -hmm. That's a, I, I don't understand if you if you've got no hope of owning something here, why are you here? Bail. Well, again, that's why you have to ask yourself those questions. And at a certain point you do, even as a parent, you probably have to start asking your children that question. I mean, you're in the exact position that I'm talking about where it's like you have young 20 something kids young, on the younger scale. You have to have those conversations and that's a difficult one to do. But if you're looking at their life going, okay, so you're going to either live with me until you're 40 mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or who knows, like maybe we'll all live together. And, and for some families that works fine. Take that out of the equation though. And for a lot of people, that just doesn't work. That's not what they pictured their children's life to be. Right. What do you want for your kids? What do you want for you, too, right? All those things matter. This generation of parents right now is going to be the first generation of parents who are better off than their kids, who didn't hand off a better life to their kids than they had. And it's not the parents' fault. It has nothing to do with the parents. It was just a wild series of reckless decisions that made the cost of living so unaffordable. So at what point then, knowing how many people, and we're uh, we're not naive enough to think we're the only ones having this conversation. It's happening across Everywhere. the country. Everywhere, yeah, for sure. Everybody's talking about it. And I have to think that our, our leaders are aware that these conversations are taking place. Do they want that? Or could Justin Trudeau pick up the phone and phone Tiff Macklem, that son of a bitch, at the Bank of Canada and say, Tiff, come on. There's got to be another way. What you're doing to lower uh, inflation is now causing inflation because cost of living is part of inflation. Back off on the interest rates. Let people get some disposable income again. Why can't he do that? And why wouldn't Tiff listen to him if he did? Like, I'd be pretty concerned knowing that there are that many Gen Z, younger millennials, Gen XY, whatever it is, that want to get the hell out of Canada, and there's nothing keeping them here. They don't own any real estate because they can't. They've been priced out of the market. And the cost of living is so unaffordable that your choices are be broke and living in your parents' basement 
or take off to Europe or take off to South America or to America itself, and and you'll have some money. I don't know if you'll have the same opportunity. I kind of wish the U.S. was printing green cards as fast as they're printing money because if I could get one, I'd be down there in a freaking heartbeat. Yeah. It's, it's it's expensive. I know. And my, and my, I can think of so many examples of people who are in that same predicament, even older, right? Even retirees, like my neighbors, for example, who are going to peace out and, and live in Costa Rica because it just makes more sense financially for them to do it. That's another one that people are going <laughs> right? to. Yeah. And, and maybe you think, well, I'm a software engineer. They don't have software engineering opportunities in Costa Rica. A, you might be surprised. And B, you might even still be able to find well, a way to work for your Canadian company remotely. I don't know. Sure, I sure. wouldn't bank on it, but you might for a while. Yeah, it all depends on your industry, right? I mean, if you're working in an industry where you could get a job anywhere, that's what you're talking. That's when you're going, okay, I have the flexibility. And we, it, it, the truth is it's not that way everywhere. It's not like you can just move to this place and there's plenty of opportunity. It might be a fight to get a good job. Yep. It probably goes job first, then you move. Uh, instead of just, I'm going to move to a country and hope I get a job in this industry that's very, very less likely, you know. Uh, but yeah, the conversation's being had. It's it's something that people are talking about. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to get better for people. Well, one more thing on this before we get to the replay of missed connections. Certain industries in particular where it's easy. If you're a nurse, why the hell are you here? You get treated like shit. You get nickeled and dimed every time you need a pay increase or a contract renewal comes up. You've got one of those skills that if you show, if you knock on the door at the the border crossing to America and say, hi, I'm a nurse. I'd like a job, please. They'll be falling all over themselves, putting you in a great job where you'll make just as much money, but in U.S. dollars, no problem getting a work permit. And you can buy a four bedroom house for $150,000, depending on the state you're living in. Mm -hmm. Why are you here? We treat you. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you to go. We, we need you to not go. I was going to say, like, don't encourage. Wait. We appreciate, I appreciate you. <laughs> I'm not encouraging it, but I'm also thinking, what is keeping you here? No, I understand. It's a conversation that I'm sure all, everyone, a lot of people are, are having. How are you doing with all this? How are you handling the cost of living? Have you thought about moving? Either shoot us a text at 1-833-915-SHOW or DM us at Scott Fox on Air or at Voice of Cat. How are you coping? Would you leave? And how close are you? How serious are you about that? Yeah. You know, I mean, I muse about it with my girlfriend. Like, fuck this. Let's just go to Florida. Let's go to Arizona. Let's go to Louisiana. We'll get a nice place on the coast. And and you know what? We'll pay a third of what we paid for this house. We'll get more land, more privacy, more freedom. We'll uh, might not have the same work opportunity because it's a different country. But sure. as long as you come back here every six months and touch Canadian soil... You've still got the health care. So if something goes seriously wrong, you come back, you, you get your operation, and you're right back down to where you enjoy being. We don't have time on this podcast, but can we touch on that another time with the coming back every six months? Or for some, it's three months, I believe. If I'm, it if might I'm be, saying yeah. it's three months, I think that it, my neighbor was just telling me that. How many people are checking in on that? I know a lot of snowbirds that are taking a lot more time than three months at a time. Do people actually go around and check? How do they know for certain that you're not that you're actually here or there? Is it all passport-related? Yes, I don't know. And the passport shouldn't be linked like, to your health card. And there's so many of them. So many of those like snowbird types and stuff. I'm on to the fact that there's probably a lot of people that don't do that. That don't follow the rules, I mean. I have and a, probably <clears throat> don't get caught. Well, I think the threat is enough. I've got a very good sure. friend. Grew up get, with him. Yeah. He is currently, I guess he's based out of Miami, but he spent the last six months in Italy. He works for a cruise line. So he does actually go out of his way. He'll be flying to, I don't know, uh, 
Italy to Indonesia and he'll schedule a layover in Halifax just so that he can take his passport, swipe it in Canada, he can say he was here, and then carry on. And he only does that in case he ever blows out an ACL or breaks his arm, and he's got to come back and get the health care. See, and I heard that you can't do that. That that's You can't just like check in and check out like so quickly. You have to stay for a minimum amount of time, and I don't think people are actually doing it. I don't think people are enforcing that at all. Are, they don't, don't check your so. passport on the way out, so... I don't know, unless you're comparing data with other countries. I know. So anyway, look, if anyone knows something about that, feel free to DM. We will discuss that at another point. But I have questions about that, too, because I'm on to some people who have been doing it for longer. And I'm like, are people getting caught doing it? And is the fine or I don't know what it is, punishment worth doing it? Because you hear more and more people wanting to leave, but also wanting those benefits that you speak of. Well, we paid enough for them. Yeah. I've lived in this country for 46 years, and it is sickening how much money I've paid. For this so-called world-class healthcare Taxes system. Taxes are a fucking bitch here. And I want to at least be able to take advantage of some of what I've paid into that, you know? Um, just quickly, would you ever leave? Oh, not now. Not but now. But eventually? Like when your but, kids are grown or if it gets yeah, worse? Yeah, yeah. Kids grown, uh, I could see that being a maybe. But no, I'm not planning on leaving anytime soon, no. If you're a senior and you've, even if you're just living in a little shack, even those little shacks are worth between 750 and a million right now. Sell it, throw a half a million in the bank, buy yourself a decent little place in the States and just l- retire basically. Yeah. That's what you could do. Anyway, uh, great chat here today, guys. Thank you. Looking forward to reading the texts and DMs that you send in. We will leave you today with a replay of today's Missed Connections. Missed Connections. Missed Connections. On the Scott and Cat Show. All right, I got my nice Yamaha piano here. Oh, sounded good. It is time to try and reunite two people who have had an encounter in the past and can't find each other. So, one of them posted the story online, hoping the other person would see it and contact them. We grabbed these, because I love them. They're called Missed Connections. I woke up the other day to a fishbowl at the end of my driveway. Complete with water and a live fish inside. I looked around and didn't see anyone. Wanted you to know he's here, safe with me. Upon checking my driveway camera, that's when I saw you. I witnessed the drop. You look to be in your 30s or 40s. I don't know. My camera is not that good. You got out of your Fiat, I believe it was went to the back and pulled out the fishbowl. You placed it at the end of my driveway and looked like you were in tears while doing it. You gave a kiss on your hand and pressed it to the glass before you said goodbye to your fish and drove off. Maybe life got the best of you when you just can't take care of him. Maybe you're moving to a fish-free facility. It's a fish. What? Why my house, I wonder? Was it a mistake? Was it something in the way I decorated my porch that thought you would make a good fish father? Was it my sign on the front door that reads no trespassing, I'm tired of hiding all the bodies? (laughs) Usually I would have just dumped it in the toilet, but something about you and this fish, I took him in. I normally would have flushed it. (laughs) (laughs) But you were hot. I wanted you to know you're welcome to come back and visit him or I, or him and I. You didn't leave me his name. I called the little guy Rupert. 
Rupert. Okay. Hey, uh, why his driveway? I was wondering that myself. Yeah, he's wondering too. I mean, something about the home. I'm wondering if it was a mistake. Like, what if she separated from her partner, and then her partner went and lived in a new house, and then she mixed up the address, and she was supposed to drop the fish at their place, and poor Rupert's sitting there like, what house is this? I don't belong here. Is it one second street or is it two first street? I, uh, yeah. It's very confusing. Uh, uh, okay, so listen, you've got a fish and you're driving around with a fishbowl in your car. A dangerous game, by the way. Uh, for the fish in particular, Kat, thank you. That's <laughs> right. And you see a house and he's got one of those don't trespass because we kill people here kind of signs. <laughs> and Oh, this is probably a great place to leave my fish. It's weird. If he does that to humans, we'll pretty see what he does to this fish. Do you love the fish or not? Um, are there really people out there who have to part with their fish because of new rental restrictions? I've never heard of that as a... <laughs> fish-free facility. A fish-free facility. That that was different for me, too. That's new. That's a new one. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly where this came from, but uh, hopefully someday she'll come to her senses and realize what a great fish she had and try and track him down. Yeah, well, maybe it's too late, though, Scott. You have to realize those things when, you, when you're willing to part ways. Sometimes it's just too late. It's too late to say sorry. Uh, the next one's a... I would love to know what happened here. I'm looking to find the naked lady running around the plaza. This is for that naked girl or her friends or anyone who saw her that was running around near the plaza on 9th, causing mild havoc. Hey, how are you doing? What do you remember from that night? I watched you having the time of your life with a can of Tahiti treat and vodka in your hand. <laughs> that Tahiti treat is ruining relationships. <laughs> you looked liberated, and I felt happy for you, even with security chasing you around and calling for backup. <laughs> you got right into it. Okay. I'm curious. Did you start off the day with clothes? If so, where did they go? Why were you wet? <laughs> One of my theories is you ran into a sprinkler on your way to get pizza at the plaza. But I need to know more. All I could muster up was a go, girl. <laughs> oh, <hope>. go. <laughs> I hope you remember me. How could you forget? I don't think that she'll be able to remember much based on what I'm hearing. So you're running around the neighborhood naked with a Tahiti treat and some vodka. Just causing a scene. Look what I can do with a shopping cart. <laughs> Wee! I love how in Missed Connections, people try and create a backstory. I love the backstory. Because I do it too. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what happened here. <laughs> uh, good luck to them.